Hello, Probers. Howdy, howdy. Welcome to Buddy Boys Aliens. For those of you that are new here, this is the extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by two former Mibs. <laughs> Each week, we take it in turns to bring a case to the table and decide whether or not it actually was aliens. The smooth, dulcet tone you're currently hearing right now is that of your host this week, Moonwalker, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime. Now, some say he looks a bit like Father Christmas with his well-kept beast of a grey beard, and those people would be correct. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those that don't reside within those labels, I give you Kevin the Grey Beard. Smooth, dulcet tone for yourself, you say. I would describe it as ball tingling. tingling Uh, When you're walking down the street and someone says hello to you and you say hello back, do you get like a little tickle? Do you? When you hear my voice. Ooh, say it again. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) You ever tried to put on like a really deep voice? How deep can you go? Um... How deep can you... That's not really that's a deep demon. <laughs> that's demon. Yeah. That's deep. That's... Hello. Uh, this is my deepest voice. You have nice eyes. Um, I don't think I've ever tried to put on a deep voice like this before. I've been not put on a deep voice. I've been... You've gone demon again. Today's probe takes us back to November 23rd, 1953. It was a dark and stormy night. In a dark, dark house. And someone... (laughs) I was so hopeful. ...at US Air Force Defense Command noticed something on their radar. A blip that shouldn't have been there. It shouldn't have been there. That's demon. (laughs) I'd like to imagine that this job is boring. And nothing ever really happened. So this person had their feet up on the desk, cup of coffee in hand, and a crossword. And the shock of the blip makes them spill the coffee all over themselves. And they fall off their chair. What a waste of coffee. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. What in the hell was that? (laughs) They get on the phone. Sir? We have a situation here. It's been a while since we heard these voices. (laughs) (laughs) Now this definitely would have been a situation. As this was restricted airspace. There shouldn't have been anything there. They had no craft out there. But maybe it was a civilian plane that had maybe flown off course. This was over Lake Superior which was close to Sulok. I'm pretty sure that's not meant to be Sulok, and that might have auto-corrected. And I don't know what it's meant to be. (laughs) Roll with it. It was close to Sulok. Sulok is a lovely lady with wonderful hair. She's got some beautiful locks, yo. Okay, I apologise if this isn't actually Sulok, as it may have auto-corrected, like I just said. But we're like... No, Greybeard I'll... mentioned. We're gonna roll with it. 
it's close to Sue Locks. Once you're making the sweet moves on Sue, she locks you in, wraps those thighs around you. You love me, don't you? Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, We don't get married now, honey. This was, at the time, a vital commercial gateway. So as you can imagine, they couldn't take this blip lightly. Of course. So they sent out an F-89C Scorpion jet to intercept it. Scorpion, baby. Get over here. (laughs) They sent Scorpion in. To deal with the blip. Finish him. So, there is a picture of a F-89C Scorpion jet for you there. I'm looking at it, yeah. It's not really coloured the best to blend into the background, is it? So, it's grey through the middle, silvery grey, and then it has bright red wings and engines and whatever the hell you call the back bit of the plane. Tail? Whatever the hell you call it. If that's what you want to call it, that's fine. I'm just saying whatever you want to call it, that bit is red. The ass! That's not really going to... I mean, if you're going to war during daylight hours, that's going to sound out like a motherfunker. Maybe it's there too, though. As in it's there to sound out. You're like, oh, shit. To intimidate people because, you know, scorpions coming. Yep. Get away from here! Get away from here. This craft was piloted by two experienced pilots. Second Lieutenant Robert Wilson, whose job job it was on this particular mission to keep an eye on the radar. First Lieutenant Felix Monclar was the pilot. He'd had over 800 flying hours under his belt with 121 of those being in a craft similar to this. Ooh, he wasn't a noob like uh, Valentink? Valentik? Valentich. Yeah, that's the one. Hmm, Monclar is... Monclar! Interesting surname. I feel like it should be like Count Monclar, wears a monocule, has a cape. I'm Count Monclar! I can Give me your butter! (laughs) (laughs) that might be the best laugh you've ever done I don't know why it's so funny (laughs) give me your butter I want some sandwich maybe some toast okay so below is a picture of Felix Monclar. It's very Top Gun, isn't it? It is. Incredibly Top Gun. I, I mean, feel Danger Zone coming in in the background now. Is he the original Maverick? You said this was 50s, didn't you? So, potentially. Is that supposed to be his helmet that he's holding? Yep. Okay, now that I look at it again, it's just because where his hand is, it looked like an egg. An oversized <laughs> ostrich egg, perhaps, at first. And I realised because his hand is kind of covering one side of it. He looks very... Um, he's utterly Tom posing Cruise for this photo, esque, though. He? Like, it's, he's got one leg up on the ladder, full power crotch on show, one hand on the ladder. And he's probably held that for a good five minutes whilst they get the perfect photo. I'm thinking this bastard's an arrogant bastard. Danger zone! He's going to make rash decisions. 
It's going to be rash. I'm waiting for him to jump into battle. I'd like to think that this photo was taken pre whatever is about to unfold. The jet was scrambled and was in hot pursuit of the blip. <laughs> the blip. Lieutenant Wilson was unable to track the blip easily as it kept a changing course. But they were assisted by ground control. It was who, aliens. <laughs> who, over the radio, were helping to direct them. The Scorpion jet was travelling at approximately 500 miles per hour, or 805 kilometres per hour. They pursued the craft for 30 minutes before they gradually started closing in. The ground team guided them from 25,000 to 7,000 feet, watching as the jet caught up to the blip about 70 miles off Keweenaw Point, Upper Michigan. What happened next shocked all involved on the ground. Did he go inverted? I swear, if you say that he went inverted. <laughs> Outside of that, was there... Was it a tic-tac? And could you actually see an alien pilot inside the tic-tac and he flashed his ass against the screen? What if I told you it was a tic-tac and he saw an alien pilot inside the craft when he flew inverted <laughs> over it and took a picture? I, I, I just, my jaw would hit the floor. I mean, this is where Top Gun got its idea from. Oh. But if I told you that, I'd be talking out of my ass. Don't say that. You can't tease <laughs> like this. On radar, both the F-89 and the blip merged into one. Uh-oh. After this, the F-89 simply disappeared from ground control's radar. Uh-oh. And the radar return from the blip indicates that the blip veered off and vanished. Uh-oh. Could this craft have used some kind of device to essentially swallow the F-89? <laughs> and then leave? You may remember the Nunez boys where something similar happened. Ooh. The US Air Force, the US Coast Guard, and the Canadian Air Force all joined forces in an extensive search and rescue effort, but they couldn't find them. There was no trace of the pilots or the plane. No parachutes, no debris from a crash, and to this day, nothing has been found. So we've got a sweet little mystery here. Hmm. A sweet little mystery. To the mystery machine. <laughs> Going on with you. Today. I have no idea. It's all that swallowing. <sighs> so the speed that you've discussed thus far mm -hmm. is certainly quick, but it's not mind-numbingly quick like some other cases we've covered. No, it's not. So I'm in, but I'm not fully in. Uh, but it interests me that the um, the blip veered off and vanished. Now. Can we measure the speed at which it veered off at? Do we have those details or is it just 
that that it veered off and vanished. Just that that it veered off and vanished. Do we know? I suppose you could look at it in a couple of ways. Did it just move so quick that we couldn't track it on my radar? On radar. On radar, and it vanished for that reason. Or did it morph through space time, and therefore it vanished from our perspective because it moved too quick? Or maybe even into another dimension. Those are all great theories. Or did he crash? (laughs) That's another one. You'd expect debris, even if it was in the water. Usually something washes up sooner or later, doesn't it? Mostly. Usually, yes. You could say that, depending on the weight of the object. Well, even so, when planes crash, like a door will wash up somewhere or a bit of screen or whatever. Yeah, that is separate the tides and whatnot and the power of impact into the water. So by that logic... Are you currently saying that it's aliens and this thing oh, was um, swallowed? This thing was absolutely swallowed by a bigger thing. The Chicago Tribune ran the headline, Jet to aboard vanishes over Lake Superior. And within the article had the Air Force's official news release, which stated that the jet was followed by radar until it merged with an object 70 miles of Keweenaw Point in Upper Michigan. Keweenaw. This statement was soon retracted by the Air Force and a new statement was put out saying the ground control operator had misread the scope. I bet. And that the lieutenants on board the F-89 had successfully completed the mission They intercepted and identified the blip as a Royal Canadian Air Force C-47 known as a Dakota. They then say that Lieutenant Monclar was probably stricken with vertigo and crashed into the lake whilst returning to base. Well, why didn't they track that on radar then? Remember, this is a pilot who is comfortable flying these types of crafts and is suddenly stricken with vertigo on what would have been a routine flight back to base. Below, I have taken a paragraph from the official accident report describing what transpired. They're they're trying to make Lieutenant Count Mongler sound like a noob. Smells like a cover-up. So the official paragraph reads... Aircraft took off at 23.22, Zebra 23, November 53, on active air air defence mission, to intercept an unknown aircraft approximately 160 miles northwest of Kinross Air Force Base. The aircraft was under radar control throughout the interception at approximately 23.52, Zebra... The last radio contact was made by the radar station controlling the interception. At approximately 23.55 Zebra, the unknown aircraft (laughs) and the F-89 merged together on the radar scope. Shortly thereafter, the IFF signal disappeared from the radar scope. No further contact was established with the F-89. Zebra, 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 lion, chicken, mongoose, monkey, hippo. 
I've lost all faith in the military. They're telling the time on a zebra. What is going on? Why is it every time they tell the time, it's like... <laughs> 23, 22, zebra. <laughs> what is going on? Explain that to me. No idea. What noise does a zebra make? Does it sound like a horse? Kind of. I've seen one, but I've never heard one. I've watched quite a lot of uh, nature documentaries. I'm not going to do the impression I of one, though. bet you have. It's how I get to sleep. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever struggling to sleep, stick Grandad Attenborough on. Is that actually what you do? Yeah. So I stick on like paranormal podcasts more often than not. I tend to fall asleep better when I'm interested in something because it helps my mind to shut off. Whereas if I find something boring, my mind just wanders and I stay up all night. It's just David Attenborough's voice. Yeah. It's literally like a granddad telling you a story. So I just drift off. Tried that. to watch um, Blue Planet about seven times. Didn't do I've, it for you. I've not seen anything past 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly haven't. You fall asleep at 23, 22, Zebra. <laughs> Nowhere in that statement does it say that the blip was identified. Good point. In regards to the blip being a Royal Canadian Air Force C-47, where did this come from? And where did it go? And where below, did it come from? Cotton Eye Kev. I have a picture of a Canadian C-47 for okay. you. Okay, so that's a little bit bigger. That's a passenger plane, isn't it? So that's significantly bigger than Scorpion. You really would think that would be an identifiable blip, wouldn't you? And don't, in fact, um, this isn't even a question. Passenger planes check in on, like, with ground control all the time. And they triangulate signals every so-and-so nautical miles. Zebra, zebra, dolphin, whale. I don't Mongoose. buy this. This is an absolute cover-up. What are they covering up? That is the question. Canada put a statement out to counter this claim, saying no flights had taken place that night. Canada ain't taking the hit for this. If you had a plane jacked by an alien craft, would you tell the world? Not only would this be crippling to the ego of Uncle Sam and potentially make America the laughing stock of the world, but it could also cause widespread panic. And we know what kind of effect that has on the population now when we're supposed to be smarter. So imagine what it would be like then. Or were the Canadians trying to cover up why they were there and what they were there for? I don't think they were. I think Canadians are pretty straight up. They don't want anything to do with the bullshit. Like, no, you're not using us as an excuse. Piss off, buddy. I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your guy, friend. Hmm. Now. Is it more... See, America. America. Are are they more likely to come out and admit the truth if they've been jerped by a UFO slash alien? Nope. Or are they more likely to use excuses if they've been jerped by, say, for example, Russia? If Russia has had some kind of craft out there, which of the two would they be more likely to admit to? Or would they make something up completely? If they were testing their own tech? Hmm... Good call, and they were testing it on their own military so they could control the experiment. Interesting. 
Very interesting. Spy planes. That would explain why it's going quick, but not mind-blowingly quick. Aliens. According to Donald Kehoe... I really hoped you were going to say duck there. (laughs) But I'll accept ho. He claims that Monclar's widow had been given two different accounts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Assumption? How can they say she's a widow? We don't know what happened to him. Let the man live. She had been given two accounts of what happened to her husband. One was that they crashed into the lake whilst flying too low. The other account states that the jet exploded at high altitude. And there's a picture of Kehoe for you there. Kehoe looks a little bit uh, miserable, doesn't he? Quite an elderly chap. So, sorry, remind me who Kehoe was? He is just a investigator. For who, though? Who? UFO investigator. Oh, okay. So he's probably from an organisation like MUFON. Interesting. I thought he might have been a military man, so he's adding to the cover-up. Why would the wife be given two different explanations? That's suspicious. Smells of a cover-up, whatever's going on, doesn't it? And you'd think they'd have have their cover-up story straight before they went to the wife. So also, take a look at both of the explanations that she was given. Crashing the lake while flying too low, and the other one was extremely high. Would there not be debris? Well... An explosion? If it crashed in the lake, I think there probably would be, yes. If it exploded at high altitude, it depends on how high. If it went too high, it could burn up in the atmosphere. That is incredibly high, I will admit that. But Over at 7,000 feet. Hmm. Or the debris could have spread over an incredibly large area if it was particularly windy for example and it proper blew up and it proper blew up as well (laughs) proper blew up proper blew up not like a little explosion maybe it like had some sort of experimental explosive tech i'm not going to say nukes but something real powerful that completely obliterated it still very unusual to have two different explanations one high one low even if they were two different explanations you expect them to both be at the same kind of altitude wouldn't you you would So we have the conflicting reports here. I smell a rat. It is not known whether these were official statements to his widow or hearsay from other pilots or members of the military. Whilst we have the military's report of what happened, investigators from NICAP found that the Aerospace Technical Intelligence Center's official stance on this case is there is no record in the Air Force files of a sighting at Kinross AFB on the 23rd of November, 1953. Oh, really now? Other theories out there of what happened are, like mentioned earlier in the probe, that the craft was taken into the other craft, or that it's possible the jet had crashed into the UFO's protective barrier. I'm less likely to believe this one myself, unless the barrier completely disintegrates anything that touches it as there is no debris found whatsoever. According to Project Blue Book, these theories were created through the absence of a thorough and satisfying official explanation. Zebra. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, the time, according to Zebra, is 
55. <laughs> the zebra turns around to say that to the military. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to put on a voice. <laughs> I don't really know what to say here. We've kind of covered a couple of different theories. It's incredibly suspicious. They have no record of it, despite telling the wife. I, I want to know more about who told the wife what, though. Where did these theories come from? This could be NICAP putting a spin on it through hearsay and whatnot, couldn't it? I'd like to hear directly from the wife to verify that part of the account, at least. Yeah, I don't think the protective barrier idea, you'd still expect there to be debris, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Unless there was some sort of battle and they wanted to cover up all evidence... Or it completely disintegrates it. Yeah, it doesn't sound likely to me. I'm just thinking if they were experimenting with something and they killed their own person, they'd want to cover up all the evidence, wouldn't they? And get rid of the debris. But equally, maybe the aliens swallowed. 15 years later, there were reports from local newspapers that military jet fragments had been found near the shore of Lake Superior. None of this has been verified via any official channels. And in 2006, Adam Jimenez conversed with UFO bloggers and those within the UFO community. Adam was a representative of the Great Lakes Dive Company, and he told them that they'd found pieces of a plane wreck and also, meta and also a metallic object, which was a chunk of a flying saucer. <laughs> How can you tell that? You can imagine shit kicked off within the community. There were those that weren't so sure and started to do their own research. They found inaccuracies within Adam's story and concluded that the company he claimed to represent didn't exist. It wasn't long before Adam himself disappeared without a trace. They whacked him. He got too close. Who, the UFO guys or the military? <laughs> Whoever got there first, they both sent a man for him. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a hard one. Mm. So we can kind of discount. Something occurred to me whilst you were saying that he found a metallic object, which was a chunk of a flying saucer. Mm -hmm. Now, what makes people think that if we found part of a flying saucer, it's going to be metal like we'd recognise? They could be flying around in some kind of stable liquid metal for all we know it might not even be metal it might be some sort of super plastic or whatever we just don't know might not even be a saucer might not might be a tic tac they might not even travel in a craft so much as fly like superman make portals and just walk straight through the bastards or fly like superman they might be superman so to summarize in 1953, we have the blip slash UFO, which appeared on radar. A jet piloted by two experienced <laughs> a jet piloted by two experienced pilots is scrambled to intercept. The jet and the blip are monitored by ground control, and comms is kept open. It takes around 30 minutes for the jet to catch up, and when it does, on radar, the blip and the jet merge as one. Ground control loses comms with the jet and the blip seems to veer off course before disappearing off radar completely. 
we have the official statement from the military, which contradicts its own official report, one stating the blip was identified and the pilot was on his way back to base, and the official, official report, which was made available via the FOI Act, doesn't mention anything about it being identified or the pilot crashing due to vertigo. The widow of one of the pilots is given two different explanations as to what happened, but unfortunately, we're unsure whether it's official or hearsay. Other theories as to what happened start circulating, and in the later years, unconfirmed stories of debris start to surface with zero proof. Now, the official, official report I've actually read. Right. So there was a the source that I use had the link for the Mm -hmm. Freedom of Information Act, and I did read it. So the insert I got earlier is directly from that, and it mentions nothing of the um, the blip being identified. This is a tough one. Zebra, zebra. I feel like they've done a too smooth a job of covering up whatever the hell happened here for it to be something extraterrestrial. If they have covered it up, it's almost like they knew it was going to happen ahead of time. I don't know who they is, really. <laughs> the Air Force, perhaps. Mm, it's an interesting one, but it's one of those ones where you could kind of see it going either way and just don't have enough proof to definitively say which way it is. So with that in mind, Greybeard, are you able to put your balls on the line and give the people what they <laughs> want? you got to give the people what they want. I am saying that it was not a case of my balls being on the table. I'm not saying that it was aliens, but it was not aliens. Did you I get you? Sly <laughs> motherfucker. No, you didn't. Damn it. <laughs> close, close one. I agree. Um, while I was researching this, I was totally unsure. Mm-hmm. But the more I delved into it, the more I think it was possibly just an accident and um, i wouldn't say that he suffered from vertigo but there may have been a collision with we the other craft glossed over the vertigo really didn't we <laughs> you mentioned it but then we didn't really talk about it yeah but i did mention that he's an experienced pilot and routine flights i mean a pilot suffering from vertigo on a i i guess if you're doing loads of different maneuvers and stuff maybe but if it's just a routine flight back, I don't. I wouldn't have thought so. But I think it's quite possible that these two planes, maybe it was a plane, I don't know what it was, but I don't think it was a UFO. I think they may have just collided or he got caught in its um, jet stream, couldn't control the plane and went down. And I think maybe the lake that they're in is quite deep and it just happened to... And it was the 50s sink recovery tech might not have been what it was today yeah so they may have initially searched where they thought they went down but they may have gone down several hundred meters or several hundred feet in another direction and if the radar messed up for example they could have gone way off course before hitting the ground Mm -hmm. who knows where they went precisely so i personally don't believe this is aliens this is not aliens Well, that makes a change. Thank you for joining us for this week's probe. You can find us on Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. 
We're on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. Facey B. And we also have a group on there called Extraterrestrial Towers. Come drop us some memes. We're on Twitter. Ooh. Ooh. You nearly let yourself go naturally oh. there. We're on the Twitter at But It Was Aliens. <laughs> and if you'd like to hear our takes on the paranormal, cryptids, reincarnation and more, you can also find us on Patreon, Patreon at But It Was Aliens, where we drop monthly bonus episodes, and you can also get yourself an exclusive But It Was Aliens t-shirt. Not available on butitwasaliens.co.uk. I have been Moonwalker, and he has been Greybeard. Remember, the truth is up there. <laughs> <laughs>